the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up Thursday night. That is right around the corner in Burlingame. I would love to see you out there. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use code Radio 25. It's Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30. Now, back to the show. A couple things jump out today, in my opinion. Uh, First and foremost, the markets had a big move. And a lot of people think when the market has a big move, some people will go, I need to get some of me that market move and... I need to buy now. So people are on the sideline. They see things going up. They get jealous. They jump in. Bank of America Merrill Lynch Fund survey indicates that the allocation to equities is at its lowest since September of 2016. And that's typically a buy signal because there's a lot of cash there that has to eventually go back into the markets or go somewhere. Better than expected employment data out of the U.K., and a better-than-expected survey of economic sentiment out of Germany. That stoked the narrative that the global economy is bottoming or has bottomed. Yay. A lot of positives today. I don't know. Maybe I could put this, the box Xanax down. I know you're saying box. Yeah, it's a box. It's a pill box. It's, it's a lot of Xanax. Scotchy, scotch, scotch in my belly, belly, belly. So technically, there's some buying going on right now. Because like I said, success kind of begets success in Wall Street when you go to a new high. People go, let's let's all jump on in. Let's see where we can make the next new high to. Tilray, big marijuana company. Uh, good one, not the best one out there. I think a lot of people still like Canopy Growth as their primary name. Tilray is trading higher today, um, beating its earnings reports. They said, and I don't know product, and this is where I'm a little on the weak side. They said they're going to have a, a marijuana... Uh, infused drink probably ready by late this year and uh, companies like Anheuser-Busch are looking for it for maybe it'll be like sleepy time beer sleepy time water and it'll just help take your edge off as you fall asleep maybe I don't know that's what I hear Um, Tesla they're fading a little bit today on a regulator's allegation in court that Elon Musk never sought pre-approval for any of his tweets it's interesting to, to question the thought of where where do we draw the line on Elon Musk and say, okay, put a tie on, act like a big boy, or, or do we go, you're creative, you can get away with whatever you want. The tweeting thing, it's, it seems to be in almost poor taste people invest in with his company. So I was inviting fines to him and the, the company for no, no necessary reason. Boeing stock is grounded still. After Canada said it's investigating the 737 MAX approval process. Just what you need. A Canadian cop investigating an American flying company, Boeing. Starbucks in the news today. Now, work with me on this. You know how Bitcoin's an alternative currency? Starbucks has kind of an alternative currency, don't they? 
If you load real dollars up, well, if you use your credit card to load dollars up on your phone and get Starbucks points, <clears throat> and maybe they're called little coffee beans. I don't know. But the rewards program is... Uh, it's big, and uh, Starbucks has done a nice job of ordering ahead with the app. I was on a road trip a couple weeks ago. I was like, order ahead, order ahead, order ahead. We don't have time. Move the troops forward. You want a couple breakfast sandwiches? Boom. They're waiting for you when you walk on in, and boom, if you've paid with your app, frictionless. Frictionless, I tell you. But Star Wars reward members will soon be able to redeem their stars for a wider range of redemption options. New members will also be able to start earning points for redemption right away. This is fascinating to me because... Domino's has a great app. McDonald's has done a good, very good job with their app and the rewards. But trying to get your loyalty and be able to push information to you. Restaurant companies have been using in-app rewards to get that consumer loyalty. I think it's kind of true, right? When you think about how loyal you are to food places. How many times do you, like, uh, where do you want to go for your birthday? It's typically one place, right? This Friday night, are you going to go? The Bay Area has hundreds of fantastic restaurants. Do you know how many of them I go to? Typically three or four. When I was younger and had more energy, I was like, I'm going to do all hundred restaurants in a hundred days. And I'm like, I'm just going to do three. So I kind of, I, I don't know what it's about, but loyalty is huge in the restaurant industry and the restaurant investing. So you got to have a good app. So um, Starbucks, that's the searching for the word there. They've done a very nice job of creating a lot of value inside their app. So for every two stars, you get two stars for every dollar spent. And it, it, it builds up free food pretty fast. 25 stars an espresso shot. 50 stars brewed hot coffee. 150 stars handcrafted drink. I don't know. I'm a rewards guy. Credit card rewards. And that's, that's kind of interesting, right? I've been loyal to two or three brands pretty much so consistently. That's out there. So the markets are moving up at this point in time, and there's a little bit of how far can it pull the, uh, everything higher at this point. And yesterday we saw one analyst say, I could see the S&P 500 go up 20% this year. Now, hold on. Wait, wait. What was that guy's name again? That's right. We don't know. <clears throat> anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um... Consumers' relationship with brands have changed, and one of the reasons I'm talking about the Starbucks brands and Starbucks rewards and getting that kind of loyalty, um, anytime you hear something like Johnson & Johnson having issues with their baby powder, talking about a brand, right? Just That's one you don't really want to mess with. Uh, anything that deals with baby safety. Kraft Heinz, when you think about Kraft, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, they had a big, big, big net loss due to a $15 billion charge on their taxes, essentially tied towards writing down the brand value of Kraft and Oscar Mayer brands. So one of the things I kind of want to throw out there is that brand value changes. Uh, I like American Express because we all go back to our whole childhood and we remember American Express. Don't leave home without it. So I always thought Visa was better than MasterCard because they sponsored the Olympics or something like that. I don't even know where that brand loyalty came from. Notice Jello cut their spokesperson, Bill Cosby, pretty darn quickly because you can't damage the brand. What's the brand of the investments you're investing in? Think about that for a little bit. See if it changes over time. 
Big event coming up this Thursday in Burlingame, 6.30 to 8.30. All about income and retirement. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's March Madness time. Big business time, March Madness is. The amount of legal betting in this year, more and more legal bets as states are swinging that way, much like they are in the marijuana industry, which is obviously creating growth opportunities. Um, how is your investment in your portfolio looking? Americans will bet $8.5 billion on the tournament this year. March Madness, Mr. Burton, one of the teams from up where you reside, Gonzaga, is doing, uh, looking pretty well. Are you going to throw any money their way? No, you know, I haven't even done a bracket for like two or three years. I just gave it's up. Kind of funny, huh? <laughs> I'm not much of a betting guy either. Yeah, it's, um, it is what it is. It's, um, you're going to be coming up for the big seminar um, Thursday, the 21st, right yeah. around the corner. A couple hours from now, if you look at it that way, um, people can go to New Focus Financial. Sign up at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio 25 to get it free if you haven't been. A lot of information there. But let's talk about some of the things we're going to talk about. 401k rollovers. Average American has at least two or three accounts, two and a half-ish, somewhere in that area. What's the best way to roll over your accounts and just get control of your life? Yeah, and I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen people that'll come in that have been clients for years, and they get they find the statement that they've got this old balance somewhere at some random employer from 15 years prior, well before they started working with us. And you forget about it. If you, Some of the places don't send statements anymore and maybe just only on online access. So people forget about their 401ks, and then they get to the point where, okay, I've got to get on track for retirement. I need to know where everything is. I need to consolidate so I can figure out what my allocation is and what I should be doing. So the steps when you want to do a rollover um, – of your old 401ks into an IRA, number one, you got to say, do I want a financial advisor or do I want to do this myself? Because if you work with a fee-only certified center that acts as a fiduciary, they're going to use a custodian. For example, we use TD Ameritrade. That's our preferred custodian for our clients, where it's the client's accounts. We manage their money, their accounts at TD Ameritrade. Um, some advisors use Fidelity and Schwab and, and a combination. So the, if you're going to use a financial advisor, a fee-only fiduciary-based financial advisor, you gotta, they'll do all that work. If you're going to do it yourself, then you have to figure out, where do I want Before you do anything, you, you have to open the IRA account. Where do I want to do that? Do I want to go to a no-load fund company like Vanguard or T. Rowe Price? Or maybe I want to be able to buy any stock bond, mutual fund, or exchange-traded fund, ETF, that I want. So then you would go to a TD Ameritrade, a Schwab, or a Fidelity and open up an IRA account, and then you can buy pretty much anything you want. It's more work involved because you've got to open the account and place the trade. If you go to Vanguard, you can pick the fund, open the account, and you just put the money in. It doesn't, you don't have to make an extra step in the trade. So once you get the IRA account open, then you just call the 401k company, Rob, the old company, and say, look, I want to do a rollover into my IRA. They'll typically ask you for the custodian's name where you opened the IRA and the account number, and then they'll process the check typically over the phone. Sometimes they'll mail you a form that you've got to fill out with that information, but a lot of them are now just doing it over the phone. And what will happen is they'll mail the check to you, but you don't have to be scared 
because it's actually going to be made out to your IRA, and then you just send it in to where you opened up the IRA, and it's a tax-free process. So there's a couple of steps involved, but you know you, you got to do it. You got to get your plan in order and your accounts consolidated so you know where everything is. So I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton. He does the show here on KDOW six o'clock in the mornings. You can find it at kdow.biz. Um, also at newfocusfinancial.com. You can get a podcast of it. Begin coming up Thursday, the 21st. That's this week. We'll talk more about that. But what can complicate the whole rollover process? And we're starting to get a little tight on time. Yeah, so you can end up with three accounts on a rollover. When you go into retirement, if you oh. had a, a, financial, a 401k plan where it had a Roth contribution option, a pre-tax option, and then you were getting a match in employer stock, when you do your 401k rollover to an IRA when you retire, you can end up with three accounts. An IRA, which will handle the pre-tax contributions in your 401k. You can end up with a Roth IRA, which will where any after-tax contributions that you made or Roth contributions you made will roll into that account. And if you received employer stock as the match, there's a really cool thing when you retire called NUA, or Net Unrealized Appreciation, where you can roll that stock from the 401k to a regular brokerage account and pay taxes on just the cost basis of that stock and everything else you'll qualify for capital gains in the future. So if you're retiring and you have different things in your 401k going on, you really need to know the rules and some of the great benefits where you can take your 401k and end up with three different accounts at retirement and a much better tax plan. Lots and lots of knowledge there. Who knew that rolling over 401k had so many concerns? But um, how about rolling an IRA? Don't roll an IRA if you're still working. There's some kind of rules there. Anything that I need to know of that, that gets the CFP Chad Burton a seal of approval? Yeah. So okay. So if you're a person that number one, you're you're maxing out your current 401k at your employer, and you're looking for more ways to save, so you're trying to do a Roth IRA or a backdoor Roth IRA. You, if you have all these old 401ks that you're trying to consolidate, you may want to roll them into your current employer's 401k instead of an IRA. It might not be a good idea to use an IRA if you're trying to do the backdoor Roth strategy and other things like that. And then I'll also point out if you're self-employed and you want the maximized savings strategies, stop using a SEP IRA and start using an individual 401k and consolidate everything into that. Um, because of other things that you'll be allowed to do, like the backdoor Roth IRA, which is recently did a whole podcast on that. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. There's a whole podcast that you can find at Apple's iTunes, but you can find easily subscribe to it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. There's a lot of good downloadables there, and some of the downloadables tie into the seminar that we're doing Thursday evening. That's right around the corner. It's Thursday evening um, in Burlingame, which that's kind of far up north for us on the peninsula. It's retirement income and tax planning seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com using the code radio 25, uh, talking about stocks. And like, for instance, there's a space tourism industry. Should you invest in space tourism? There's a marijuana industry that's still budding. Get it? Budding. Um, should you invest in that? Should you put all your money into a mortgage? Should you put all your money into a duplex? So we'll talk about that and kind of much, much more. Taxes, 2019, Trump presidency, risk in your portfolio, and much, much more. But you can sign up for that by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. There is a Fed survey report that is out talking about the odds of recession are spiking to a three-year high. Now, it didn't happen three years ago. So one of the problems that you have when you have these kind of ideas is that sometimes they're self-fulfilling. Sometimes they uh, kind of just blow by and people forget about it. But I would say the 2020 election is going to be all about the economy. I know you're saying, no, no, it's the candidates. Anyway, you can sign up at Rob Black's show. It's Rob Black's show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Every Tuesday at this time, I get the pleasure of speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com. I start my day every day with his page one column. A little skimpy today on the page one column, Mr. O'Hare. Is it just not a big news day, news cycle down? <laughs> well, it's kind of a, a question of it just being a, a sameness factor, really. You know, there's not a lot of things that have changed, and so you just have a uh, an underlying bullish bias uh, in the face of any news that comes this market's way because this market is being girded by uh, the realization that it uh, has a good deal of policy support on its side from the world's major central banks. So there wasn't anything that I saw this morning in terms of a specific corporate headline that really was making any, any real difference. Um, you just had a lot of uh, just general sentiment pieces and um, that were, were driving things. So it is more of the same. Um, today is one of the days it's kind of interesting. It's called the Drift Day. Have you heard this talked up today on CNBC and Bloomberg? No, I, I haven't, actually. I've had it uh, tuned out this morning, to be honest with you. So, um, um, the, but Federal, Drift day, the, Federal, huh? the Federal Reserve's got something, and they've done research on themselves, that the day before a Fed meeting, the stock market kind of whooshes up. One half of a percentage point on is the consistency on it, on it. So um, it's one of those things. It's like the Santa Claus rally where it does really kind of exist. And uh, today yeah. is called the Drift Day, the Federal Reserve Drift Day. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Well, right, and and I think that kind of just speaks to the earlier point, right? You, you've got a market that is is pretty much expecting the Federal Reserve to tell it tomorrow uh, that it's not going to be in any hurry to 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 raise interest rates, and moreover, it's going to start taking steps to you know end its balance sheet runoff. Um, you know, everyone seems to be quite interested in what that dot plot's going to show, and you know, we would suggest that in light of all of the dovish Fed speak of late, it has to show some type of downgrade of the rate hike outlook for uh, for 2019. The, the dot plot in December showed a median projection of two rate hikes in 2019, so we think it's the updated dot plot is likely to show uh, no more than one um, as as it relates to the to the interest rate outlook now for this year. And so, so the market kind of really already knows what to expect, but at the same time, it already knows and, and understands that low policy rates uh, and the idea that they won't be going up anytime soon uh, is a real expedient, um, you know, to, uh, to, to keep this market uh, underpinned. And that's why you continue to get, you know, very, very shallow pullbacks and a willingness to buy on these dips. So one of the things that I'm hearing from the media channels out there right now is that there's kind of a fear of missing out. We're quietly having a very nice first quarter of the year that's um, 
solid. And maybe people will jump into the market and chase into the market. Something that I don't really do because I'm kind of boring. I'm just a 401k max out kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I get bonuses, I'll throw it in just and say, what did I really want to own? And I'll own it. Um, but do you think there's a little bit of chasing going on right now that people are surprised the market's doing so well? Uh, we do. And there was a, um, a fund manager survey out of Bank of America Merrill Lynch today that kind of, you know, really supports this notion that you might see some further chasing action. You know, amazingly enough, what that survey showed is that fund managers have their lowest allocation to equities since September 2016. Um, so what that implies is that many fund managers have actually either missed or trailed this rally effort in 2019. And so if they're, you know, um, going to want to play catch up to their benchmark, I uh, would, you know, kind of make a case that you continue to see, uh, you know, um, uh, buying support come in here from from fund managers chasing the action and needing to chase the action in a way. And uh, and so and you've got some positive positive technical developments that are unfolding as well with the move back above the 200-day moving average, the S&P 500 clearing its November high, and so there's some growing chatter that that sets the S&P 500 up for at least a retest of the prior all-time high that we saw last September. So just a lot of, um, you know, um, favorable um, narratives right now that continue to underpin this bullish bias and and provide a reason for, you know, um, or at least a rationalization for market participants to, to continue to buy on, on dips that they see. Do you think it makes any sense for non-professionals to take a look at stuff like the UK's Brexit and to change anything of what they're doing in their portfolio, maybe a little less international markets, maybe a little less in emerging markets, if they think the world's slowing? Um those are very isolated to me, like the Brexit. It's very tough for me to explain to people what they should be doing with that. Right. You know, I, you know I've thought about that question, and, and I suppose that, you know, um, over the last few years while this Brexit plan has been unfolding, you know, I guess you just you can always ask yourself the simple question, like, you know, do you ever stop to consider, you know, if the U.K. crashed out of, out of the E.U.? how that might impact your you know your investment and and I would make the case that 99% of non-professional investors would never even think about Brexit um, and and what the UK's role is in the global economy and I so kind of what I'm driving at, I think I think you can get into a position of overthinking things if you look at what's happened in the market since the Brexit vote I mean we've risen to all-time highs right so if you you go by the collective wisdom of the market what it's telling you is that you know this Brexit situation is um, it, it, it's not as bad or is not believed to be as bad as some people think and so carry on you know if you will and continue to base those investment decisions on fundamental factors of low interest rates low inflation you know solid earnings growth you know those are those are your driving factors and a lot of these macro issues yeah they're going to create some volatility over the short term um, but from a longer term vantage point for the non-professional investor things settle out they always do and uh, and the drivers of uh, you know good investment returns over a longer term basis are uh, you know buying in at decent valuations and seeing a, uh, an environment that's underpinned by low interest rates and, and decent earnings growth. So as I always like to do, I always like to give you that softball of what are you working on? What are you seeing as the extra issue that you haven't quite put into your articles yet, but we might see it down the road. 
Um, a little bit of a softball, but again, it is asking someone smart tied to the markets. What do they like? What do they not like? Well, you know, who doesn't like a softball, right, coming at them? <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I'll swing, and hopefully I can hit it, hit it out of the park for you and just tell you that what I'm, I'm working on this week really is an update to Briefing.com's market view. Uh, we provide it every quarter, and uh, obviously there's a lot to consider here. When we came uh, into the year, we had argued that uh, it was really a, a, a very good time uh, for a longer-term investor to get back involved with the market, given how discounted the market multiple had gotten during that fourth quarter sell-off. So we're pleased with that call. And, and now we obviously had a huge run. You've seen the S&P 500 up close to 14% already year-to-date. And, um, and so we'll be making the assessment in here now as to whether, you know, we should continue to chase this or, you know, whether maybe you want to start uh, reining in some of that exposure if you've been participating fully in this, in this rally in 2019. Thanks very much for joining me and for giving all the market insights, even when the news cycle isn't hot and sexy right now. We're getting through it. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. That's Briefing.com. It's a great source for both national and international news that I feel is non-biased and insightful. And it's just got a good, good solid calendar of uh, options when you go to their website. Upgrades, downgrades, top events, event conferences. IPOs. A lot of people like the IPO markets. The 1990s was a sexy, sexy time with IPOs. And if you take a look at the IPO calendar this year, there's going to be a lot of wealth created. And if you take a look at where some of the IPO uh, companies live and work and have headquarters, you can see where some expected pops to real estate might happen. The week of March 25th through the 29th, we're expected to get Lyft, the ride-sharing company. Um, You know them. They're kind of one of the first at what they do on the ride sharing. Uber was probably weeks and months before them. I don't know. But the long story short, part of that is um, we've kind of seen these business totally be created. And now it's going to be worth, you know, $30 billion plus dollars. Now, you could say, give me something sexy. Give me an IPO that's not left, something that people haven't heard of. There's a company called Precision Biosciences. It's a genome editing company, and it's got an Arcus platform that treats human diseases. Um, Very, very cool, but I know nothing about that science, right? Genome editing. Does that mean we're going to be making seven-foot-tall super soldiers? i got to be careful what I say, because I don't want to make it sound like Precision Biosciences is making super soldiers. Uh, We need to talk. You know when you talked about super soldiers, it's true. We're going to take you out. Um, Sarah Connor. So space tourism. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Space tourism is in the news. Um, You're hearing more and more and more about space tourism. Space tourism. And we just got through the whole marijuana, marijuana, and how it's going to open up in Canada, and then it's going to open up in another state, and it's going to open up in another state, and then it's eventually become federalized. Um, But Boeing, Airbus, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Delta Airlines, maybe American Airlines, United Continental. Those are some of the names that we would be you know, throwing up and out there that you might be able to invest in. Because right now you can't invest in SpaceX. You can't invest in Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin yet. But you're going to be hearing more and more about it. The space economy is expected to rocket to $805 billion by 2030. Woo! Woo! Space tourism. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, 
Big Seminar coming up Thursday night in Burlingame. Learn about it at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my very best to try to prepare enough content that it can be entertaining but not overwhelming and try to get you, you know, focused on being a winner when it comes to investing. Apple rolls out its first update to the iMac desktop in almost two years. Seems like they've gotten a little lazy with some of their rollouts on their iPads and their Macs in the past. And uh, you're like, is that possible? Like, of course, it's not possible. But it's worthy of note. Apple introduced its first update, basically adding speedier processors, right? New graphic engines. Uh, slightly better models of screens. Apple has a little bit of a problem right now with their phones because people are wanting to update and upgrade all the time and maybe that maybe that's part of their their strategy over at apple you know with the uh mac computers take your time have a significant upgrade maybe maybe wow them so to speak oh it has a new screen a 5k screen i don't know you know i'm just gonna be honest with you and say i don't know it's do we need 5k screens are we being sold a feature that we really, really don't even have the content for? Or is life so short that you want the best you can get? So anytime you talk Apple, you think of, you know, who who would benefit from this story? Well, Intel, because they're selling the, them the semiconductors. AMD is in the story. Lenovo, HP, Dell, they're publicly traded again. They're back like Slim Shady. Some things just never die. So back to the Starbucks rewards program thing. I, I kind of don't want to underestimate how important a brand is and how important it is to you know grasp that there is so much competition in rewards and tiers. And you could look at it at credit cards or you could look at it at, at coffee. I enjoy getting free stuff. It's it, the vacation's that much better when you know the flights are free. Tied towards your spending habits. And you're like I must be making them a lot of money if they're willing to fly me for free with points, right? That's right. When a company gives you points, they're basically sharing the business with you, right? They're getting your loyalty, though. So there's all sorts of silly things inside this story on Starbucks and, you know, uh, the loyalty rewards and how you can spend them and how you can't spend them. Uh, What I really want you to take out of it is that it's an incredibly competitive world. And, for instance, I saw Burger King. And I know you're thinking Burger King's not exactly a, a play on coffee. Well, they kind of are now. So they just announced that you can pay $5, which is about what you would pay for a Starbucks cappuccino. And for $5, you get free coffee for a month at Burger King. Now, you have to order through the app. If they can get you to be sticky, if they can get you for where you're like, ha, 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 I'm getting coffee for free. I only paid $5, and now this is my 30th day in a row of having a cup of coffee at Burke. If they can get you 30 days in a row, they will be happy to be ripped off on that on that deal. But craft coffee shops continue to lure away customers with their high-end beverages. Uh, Starbucks has had a string of beverages that just haven't been that popular recently. So every now and then they, they hit the home run with the pumpkin lattes, but not so much now. And you get Dunkin' Brands, and you get McDonald's all, all fighting for your in-app purchase Um, it's pretty powerful business model pretty powerful and it creates loyalty because there's also something called point hoarders who don't ever use the points and for some reason you don't pay your bill and you lose all your points those are like cows and whales right those are like woohoo thank you thank you chance of a recession are rising so says a cnbc fed survey 
I bring this up not to end the hour with negativity, gloom, and doom. I bring it up in large part because we've had a nine-year economic expansion, and right now it, it feels a little toppy. But you know what? It felt a little toppy last year and the year before and the year before. We tend to not we tend to go through recessions. So they happen every four to eight years like clockwork. Sometimes it's tied towards presidents coming in and presidents going out. And some of the economic policies that they put in place. Chance of a recession in the next twelve months rose to twenty three percent, so says the C N B C Fed survey. Now, here's another thing that can happen with some of these surveys. They can become self fulfilling prophecies. And what that basically implies is something along the lines of, um, hey, Rob keeps talking about one day it's going to be a rainy day and you should have a rainy day fund. Maybe it'll happen sooner than later. And I'm going to go ahead and pull the money out of the market now just to make sure. So 52% in the survey said they now approve of the president's handling of the economy. Interesting, right? And that's actually down from the prior survey in which the approval had to hit an all-time high. I think Donald Trump is pretty controversial. And I think American politics are pretty extremist right now. You basically have to tweet outrage at everything the other party says. Um, I would have thought that Americans didn't improve that much of the economy, but again, we're at 4% unemployment or, or below. But economists now are starting to look into the future and saying, down the road, we see a rising chance of, of a slowdown economically to the point that it could hit a recession. Um, in this Fed survey out of CNBC, there was some quotes. And one of the quotes said, you know, Trump has to, if he wants to be a two-term president, He's got to get these tariffs cut. He needs to get China stimulated. He needs to help our economy stimulate right in time for the elections. And it, there was one concerning factor, and the, the the economist basically said, hopefully he doesn't look at Europe as next after he finishes up China. And if you haven't thought of that, you should. And think about, like, will President Trump keep going after countries and saying, you better deal, better deal, better deal? If so, that could be a negative I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 21st. Learn more during the commercials or by going to robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.